0: do you want to be affirmed by your spouse or do you need to be affirmed by your spouse i'm john fuller along with dr greg smalley and his wife erin they lead the focus marriage team and Aaron, it's um, kind of dangerous when we identify anything from my spouse as a need. Mm-hmm. But how about affirmation? I mean, words of affirmation—is mm-hmm. it a need?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say no. I would say it's a strong desire. We we long to hear affirmation from our spouse, but where we get into trouble is when we're demanding it. And we're like, you have to affirm me. How excited is your spouse going to be to affirm you? The problem is we can't control what they do or don't do. And therefore, we're helpless over here because we can't make them do anything. Well, we if can... it's a
0: real need, she'll, she'll just affirm me. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, what I would say is I like that. Mm. I feel loved when you affirm me. I want you to affirm me, but it really goes back to who do I have control of, mm. and that's me. I can always affirm me. I can also look to God to affirm me.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to hear some more on this topic, as Focus on the Family President Jim Daly talked with Dr. Michael Seitzma. Um, he and Shanti Feldon have done some great research about couples and sexuality and communication and Uh, Today, Michael addresses why it's not your spouse's job to make you feel good.
2: Let me, and I think people are going, wow, yeah, I feel that. So I think that's going to resonate, that idea of am I able as a man and am I lovable as a woman. Uh, Dr. Mike, I want to ask you that question. To me, there would be degrees of that if I could say it that way, like a person that might need to hear that 10 times today that I'm lovable right. versus a person that might need to hear it three times. Mm-hmm. The point is they, they need to hear it, but some women in that context would need to hear that often to feel good. And then some men Honey, it's, I'm sorry the pipe's not going to get – I mean, I'm in, certainly in this category, some plumbing accident, and it's uh-huh. water all over the place. And I'm going, hon, I don't know how to do this. And Gene's going, let's get a plumber. Right. You did a good job trying. <laughs> but and that
3: good job makes you feel much better. Maybe. It depends on how much water's on yeah. the floor. Yeah. But,
2: but the point is, degrees of impression – and part of the struggle
3: that comes in is, let's say I have you know this big need for it, and my spouse, that may not be their skill set. It may not be how they see things. You know, I often work with a couple where one of them just has a critical mind. They're able to see stuff that's not right, and that is really good in their field. They do great in the marketplace with that type of a thinking, but they bring it home, and their spouse feels kind of beat up because all you see are the negatives, but <laughs> – I need you to be affirming me all the time. And the moment we look at our spouse and say, you've got to fill this need of mine, I don't think it works very well. Um, How do I take ownership of these needs, not demand that you be the answer for it, or I'm going to reach outside the marriage? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Yeah, I just want to jump in a little bit and have the (laughs) two of you play off of one another's gender here, okay? I'm using the word. And uh, in that, Dr. Mike, I can see a man. And, and again, the shoe can be on the other foot. I get it. You right. don't have to write me. I understand that. But uh, the man going, really? I'm responsible? That sounds exhausting that I would be responsible for all her fears and her needs in that way.
3: And he's not going to be able to do it well. Yeah. Um, I do think it's important for each of us to learn how to speak to our spouse, how to care for them, how to cherish them, how to adore them. I think those are scriptural principles. We can ground them in things that Paul and Christ have said. Uh, but to say that my spouse is responsible for me feeling good, that kind of puts me in a bit of a victim mode if you don't do well enough. And then I oh, blame yeah. you and I attack you for not filling that need. And the, the reality of it is I, they sit in my office and I look and say, um you're really demeaning your spouse in this moment. You're saying that they're not measuring up. What is the heart of the person that you married? You married them because you love them and because you know they love you. Mm. And Is this a heart issue or a skill issue? Their heart in my office is very much for you, but they don't affirm me enough. Well, that's a skill issue we can teach them to, but how do you get to where you can draw things from them and you can fill your own heart? You and God work on that piece. So then what your spouse is giving you is the
0: bonus, is the proverbial icing on the cake. Aaron, that's pretty convicting. I mean, I think we all kind of wear that victim hat uh, from time to time, uh, especially if we're expecting, mm-hmm. my spouse is really, it's, it's her job or his job to make me feel better. Um, what happens when we realize, oh... That's been me. How do I move forward now from that realization?
1: Mm -hmm. I would say first and foremost, it's so powerful to become aware of how am I showing up? And if I'm showing up as a victim, is that how I want to show up? It usually doesn't work and it's recognizing there's something underneath that what's underneath the the waterline because typically when we're victimizing ourselves there's it's a reaction so something's been triggered mm. or it could be a pattern that we learned growing up and we we used it back then and it worked but now it's not working First and foremost, it's becoming aware of it, but then evaluating, why am I doing this? Why am I showing up in that victim role? And, you know, it's stepping back again and going, you know what? My spouse isn't my source. God is my source of truth. Mm -hmm. And I can offer myself all kinds of gifts. God can too. I don't have to look to my spouse for everything.
4: And I know earlier in our marriage, this is exactly what was going on. I was so convinced that, that it was Erin's job to affirm me, to tell me how I was doing as a husband, as a provider, or, you know, just whatever way. And, and I really counted on her to do that because I was so good at the negative self-talk Hmm. I just constantly was really hard on myself. What saying, did that sound like? You know, often I, I just – things would happen or, you know, I, mean, I was in graduate school at the time. And if a paper got a low grade or I did poorly on a test or something, yeah, that's just – you know, in my mind I'm thinking, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean that's – I didn't deserve I just, it. I'm stupid. I'm uh, an idiot. Hmm. You know, I can't do this. And and so I was so hard on myself. And I really wasn't recognizing that. Actually, went as a part of my doctorate in psychology, I had to go to counseling. I remember the counselor really confronted me on this and just said, you know, as, as you're here, as we talk, so often as you describe something happen, you then turn it on yourself. You're just so hard on yourself. And I can only imagine what that conversation between you and you sounds like. And so, as Aaron's saying, what's under the waterline? What's driving this? What? Why am I needing, you know, quote unquote, needing her to affirm me? Is because that that I was so hard on myself. I was doing the opposite for me. And a big part of my own growth was going. Wh- what if I stopped doing that? What if actually I was a little bit more kind to myself? Mm-hmm. What if? What if I was affirming to mm-hmm. me? Would that create? A difference in a relationship that I wouldn't feel like this needy, you have to do it. And, and it sounds weird, almost like I had to learn how to affirm myself long mm-hmm. before I had any business asking Aaron to do that because mm-hmm. it's not her job. She can do that if she wants. But I was I was so hard on myself that I was so desperate to hear that that I wasn't gonna change. So I just wanted her to keep doing it so that I would feel better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was a very dangerous thing. And that's why that counselor, it was so helpful because I really didn't even notice that I was so used to those scripts. Mm-hmm. Those negative, you know, self depreciating comments that, that, that I did and offered to myself mm-hmm. that as I started doing that differently it didn't uh, mean that I was so desperate so Aaron you gotta do this it just it, it was a game changer for me mm-hmm. to learn how to do that better for myself did you
0: see that change in him Aaron
1: it's if I mean, she
0: says
4: no then I need her to go back and <laughs> affirm me so I be need careful to, I
1: need to review that script <laughs> 31 years ago I'm guessing I did see yeah. a difference I can't I can't really remember okay. but I
4: became the man she'd always. Always dreamed of, really.
1: <laughs> but bottom line, if I, I mean, I could affirm him till I'm blue in the face. Bottom line is if he doesn't believe that, if he believes something different about himself, well, it doesn't opposite, yeah. matter what I say. Mm-hmm. It, it literally is like me saying I could work and work and work at affirming, it might just be bouncing off. Yeah. I mean, it always feels good to be affirmed, but if you're questioning your value and who you really are, mm-hmm you could hear it from all directions. It's so powerful to become aware of what am I telling myself about me? Yeah. Those neural pathways get very grooved and we go down those those pathways that we've taken a lot really fast. And so it's putting a stop, putting a break on it and going, what am I telling myself about me? And when I do that, telling myself to stop mm. and to try something new.
0: That's good. That's really good. And uh, we want you to uh, be able to practice that kind of self-talk and Uh, those recognitions of where you're at uh, personally, Uh, get a copy of this great book from Shanti Feldhahn and Dr. Michael Seitzma. It's called Secrets of Sex and Marriage, Eight Surprises that Make All the Difference. Uh, Communication's covered in there, and uh, you can get details about the book and learn how to get a copy when you make a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, All the details are in the show notes. And if you haven't yet taken it, uh, please uh, stop by our website and take our free online marriage assessment. Uh, It's just a few minutes of your time. It's going to help you evaluate areas of your relationship. Uh, Over a million people so far have taken this, and we've recently updated it. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear more about receiving uh, affirmation and good words from your spouse. And for now, on behalf of Aaron and Greg Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.
4: Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan,